This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnston. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English. Episode number 261, baby. Oh yeah, despite the fact I still have a cold, we are back to a podcast every week. And this is the week where it's the turn of, let's say, a podcast with another podcaster. And I speak to Stephen from English with Stephen. Makes sense, doesn't it? And this is probably the most interesting podcast I've ever done, okay? Because normally I talk to people like Dan the Man, Corporal Coma, okay? They are not interesting people, but Stephen is because he actually knows stuff, like real stuff, interesting stuff. And he tells us about the history of the English language, how English used to have genders like masculine, feminine, and why it doesn't anymore, where the words hello and goodbye come from. (coughs) Sorry, that wasn't meant to happen. Did you see how my voice was just going there? Where the words goodbye come from? Um, So let's try to get back on track. He also tells us why English is the world's language, the influence Polish has had on English and many more interesting things. And speaking of interesting things, don't forget to buy the ebook with 25 amazing stories written by the R&R family and edited by me. Stories from all around the world. Fantastic stories. Remember, all of the money is going to help families that are trying to keep safe and leave Ukraine because unfortunately, as we know, it's not a good moment over there. I am actually going to do an episode all about this ebook later in the week, but in a few words, the ebook is amazing. There's also a podcast version, a private podcast you can listen to when you buy the book. It only costs 10 euros. You also learn English because there's lots of grammar and vocabulary. It's for an amazing cause. You will be helping people and feel like a great person. So just bloody buy it. There is a link in this podcast you are listening to right now. So stop the podcast and buy it now. So pause the podcast now. Okay, good. Have you bought it? Excellent. Okay, let's carry on and get back to this interesting podcast. The first time rock and roll English has ever been interesting. Here is the conversation with Stephen. Happy listening. So, hello, Stephen, and welcome to Rock and Roll English. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on. You're one of the people I've been keeping an eye on, thinking, hmm, (laughs) he looks interesting for the podcast. Um, So, finally, uh, so happy to finally have you on. So, um, obviously, I know a bit about you because I follow you on social media and see what you do, but... For the listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my name's Stephen Green. Uh, I Originally, I come from the city of Birmingham in the, the middle of England. Uh, but I've been teaching English for about 25 years. And I, for the last 15, 16 years, I've been living in Brazil. And the last 11 years in the south of Brazil in the city of Curitiba. Uh, I teach online, I teach privately, and I have a, a podcast for English students called English with Stephen. Very creative name. Uh, 
Uh, and that's even the website is englishwithstephen.com. So everything is English with Stephen. Yeah, I, I have noticed there are a lot of these English with English with Lucy, English with Michael. I think that I'm missing something. I don't know why everyone went for that name, but I went for a different name. I wish I'd gone for something different. Uh, right. Yours, yours is yours is eminently memorable. Mine is just English with, and when you go into Google, you do English with, you get hundreds of things. It's like uh, I should have thought right. about that a bit more, but I didn't do yet. So. Well. Um, I have got a grammatical error in the name of my title with the apostrophes. So, right, um, so, okay. so yeah, so I, I know how you feel. Um, but your podcast is particularly interesting because I, you have many things. You kind of look at the etymology or like the history behind words, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I do three different things. I, I try to talk about the, the history of English, to yeah. talk about why English is the crazy language it is and mm -hmm. My students like that when you can tell them, oh, we, we do this ridiculous thing because of this. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. I talk about learning strategies, how to learn English. But what I really like doing is etymology and word stories. I, I call them word stories. Where do words come from? Uh, how have they changed over time? Things like this. And I like telling stories and students tend to like listening to stories. So Absolutely. That's what rock and roll English is all about, stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I really think that helps you remember the word. Um, totally. Once once you know where it comes from, it, it helps you remember it a lot. And one of your podcasts, um, speaking of knowing words, is exactly that. So what does it mean to truly know a word? So tell us, what does it mean to truly know a word? Well, for me, if, if you truly know a word, you know everything about it. So it's not, mm -hmm. there are meanings. You've got your denotation. That's what it says in the dictionary. But you've also got connotation. Is it a positive connotation, a negative connotation? Yeah. But there's other aspects. Is the grammar of the word. How do you mm -hmm. use it in the past tense? The the word family. Is it a, how do you change it to a noun? What's the opposite? Uh, the pronunciation of the words. Uh, mm -hmm. How is it used in collocations and expressions and phrases? There's so many aspects of a word to truly know it. Now, I'm not saying that students need to know all of these things, but it's like a checklist of things that you can ask yourself, questions to ask yourself when you're trying to sure. learn new vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, especially the grammar around the word, I yeah. think, really helps. Like maybe if it has a preposition after it, what preposition like, depend, like depends on, for example. Um, so, yeah. Um, and lots of other things on your podcast really um, interest me. So, um, for example, genders. So um, obviously lots of languages have genders like the language the only foreign language i speak italian has like gender some words are masculine some words are feminine but um english doesn't and um why not i actually don't know the answer so i'm i'm waiting for you to tell me quite a few of my episodes uh, are about the vikings and right. the effect the vikings had on english culture and specifically english language and no one's there's two theories about why we don't have gender but they're basically linking to the vikings so when the vikings invaded into north england their language was similar to the anglo-saxons we're talking here the sixth century seventh century eighth right. century their language was similar because they're both germanic but the endings were different and so what it seems happened was that the two language communities understood the root, the, the, the main part of the word, but didn't understand the endings of the words. 
And so they just stopped using them. They stopped using the na- the masculine. <laughs> okay. English had three. It was masculine, feminine, and neuter, like German. And they just okay. stopped using them because it just confused things. Uh, and that, that happened with other things as well. There was lots of declensions for, for nouns and verbs. And we just stopped because it was just much easier to, to, uh, uh, to talk to each other. There's a, a linguistic idea as well that English tends to have the stress at the beginning of a word. Not always, but it tends yeah. to come at the beginning. And so the last syllable is often weak or unstressed. And mm-hmm. so it just disappears over time because it's not really necessary. So those two oh, things right. playing together uh, meant that we just stopped using genders. Well, that I mean, that is very interesting. And I think as well, a very intelligent decision. I don't know if it was one person in particular. Well, I imagine obviously it happened over time. But I like to think there was one person that just said, look, we don't need the end of these words. Because, for for example, for me in Italian, even now it's still a disaster. Sometimes I think, is this word masculine or feminine? Because everything changes. I have to change the article. I have to change the adjective. And it's just a bloody nightmare. So I think if anyone from the Italian government is listening, if you could make a decision to get rid of the end of these words, that would make it a lot easier for people like me. (laughs) Portuguese. uh, This is a shout out to the Portuguese government, the Brazilian (laughs) government. Please just... It's not necessary. It really isn't. <laughs> it's not. It just creates so much confusion. But at the same time, that the Vikings simplified that aspect of English, but they are also largely responsible for phrasal verbs. Oh. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Also, so we have to thank them for the absolute yeah. nightmare that is phrasal <laughs> verbs. Um, although... If it weren't for phrasal verbs, I don't know if I would have a job because that's what most people want to learn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Those prepositions, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so obviously now, um, well, the main reason English, I suppose, is important is not to travel to uh, an English speaking country, but because it's like more or less the language of the world now. If you travel to places more likely than not you're going to be speaking English but why is English the world's language that's another one of your episodes and something yeah, yeah. I'm interested in well it's it's interesting because a hundred years ago English didn't look like it was going to be the world's language French was much more widely spoken and that was the Brit- with the British Empire mm. yeah, the British Empire was it was starting to decline but with the British Empire still covered a lot of the world. So basically, it was the United States in the 20th century. Mm. It was a convergence of lots of things. You had technology, which made the world smaller, faster communication. The United States had the economic power, also the soft power with universities, Hollywood, rock and roll all around the world. Uh, And people just needed to to learn English if they wanted to have access to, to things like this. But also globalization, that English was in the right place at the right time right. because of the United States and the British the British Empire provided the foundations. But English was in the right place at the right time as the world got smaller. And right. if it had happened 100 years earlier, it would have been French. If it happened oh, 100 okay. years later, it might well have been Chinese or something else. Of course. But it was just in the right place at the right time. It's nothing to do with it being simple. People say, oh, English is much easier, much more functional. Nah, it's not. Uh, it's nothing to do with that. It's the soft and hard power of economics, the military uh, and globalization all happening at the same time. 
Right. Okay. So I'm. I often make fun of some Americans, and especially one of the American guests I regularly have on. But now I will tell her that they have been useful for at least one thing. Then totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and again, giving me a job. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, uh, there's a lot of problems with the United States, but they gave us a job. They they, they keep us in work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I have that to thank them for um and speaking of the united states so there are um obviously quite a lot of differences between the well i mean it essentially is one language but the way they speak english and the way we speak english for example we say holiday whilst they say vacation kind of thing um but why is there this difference? This is another one of your episodes. Well, there's the there's the natural differences. Uh, uh, until recently, that you had this geographical uh, distance between the two countries. Mm-hmm. Now, with modern communication, that distance is is much smaller. But any language, when they separate for a long time, they develop differences. So you've got this natural mm-hmm. difference, and it's not just languages. You get accents changing when uh, people are separated for for of any course. period of time. But also it was a political decision in the United States after the United States gained independence. Uh, Noah Webster, who's the, the dictionary is still named after him. He wanted oh. to simplify the spelling and make it an American language to, to show uh, political independence and identity, mm-hmm. which was separate to Britain. Uh, it's oh. always been the, one of the easiest ways to create a national identity is to have and national language. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, England did this during the Hundred Years' Wars between uh, England and France. The aristocracy used to speak French. Uh, right. But that, those wars between England and France, they started to speak English to create they this like, national well, identity. Fuck you then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the fight that the soldiers were going, why are we fighting for you when you speak the same language as them? Yeah. Uh, and so the, the aristocracy, the kings and the lords, started to speak English to differentiate themselves from the French. So, wow. And we see this all over the world that people, when you get a new nation, they try to get their own language, even though it's often Mm. similar to another language. It's one of the easiest ways to create a national identity. So you've got the the natural distance, but you've also got a political decision uh, by Noah Webster and people who supported him in the United States after independence. Right. Wow. And again, I must give credit to the Americans here because their spelling does work better. I think totally make more sense. Much more logical. No, Webster had he wanted to go even further, and he was working on another dictionary to really simplify the spelling. But he died before he finished it, and then the dictionary was bought by another company, and they never they never completed his project. So it could have been could have been much much easier to spell English. Right. Okay. Well, even some of the words, for example, we say the pavement whilst they say the sidewalk, which I think that just makes so much more sense. The sidewalk, because pavement essentially is all of the road, not just the the side bit where pedestrians can walk. Well, yeah, Um, it doesn't seem to make much sense. In Portuguese, when you talk about pavimento, you're talking about the whole road, the the process of the same road. Yeah. Yeah. But those words came in when... The economies of both countries were, were booming, but right. we had the maximum distance between Britain and the United States. So all the words about cars, they're totally different uh, right, okay. because that was the beginning of the 20th century. We didn't have fast communication. And so it took a long time for words to come from the United States to, to Britain. 
um, in, we were able to create our own words and they embedded in Britain. Nowadays, if there's a new word in the United States, it's in Britain within seconds on TikTok yeah, and course. stuff like this. And we can pick them up very quickly. So there isn't this time for a British word to grow and an American word to grow at the same time. Yeah, right. Wow. This really is. a. I, I always say on this podcast, every day is a school day. But yeah, absolutely. I feel like t- today is like like a whole week or two weeks of school <laughs> uh, at the same uh, time. Live and learn. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and another thing, especially I think for this podcast, which will be interesting, is I saw you had an episode about words from Polish, because I know we have lots of Polish listeners that have made their way into English. So obviously, and people can go to the episode, um, Stephen's episode to listen to the whole thing and find out all the words, but just give us a couple of examples. Yeah. Words that we have stolen Uh, from Polish. Well, yeah, I I lived in Poland for a year, so I was able to, to, I I wasn't very good with the Polish language, but I did pick up vocabulary. Uh, And some of them are food. Uh, One of my favorite food types of food from Poland was borscht which is a beetroot soup, absolutely right. delicious. And then there's pierogi, which is like a type of pasta with a filling inside. But one of my favourite words from Polish is spruce. Uh, uh, and that is a Polish word that means from Prussia. And the word went from Poland to England. And England had this idea that things from Prussia were better quality, uh, especially right. leather There was a leather goods called spruce. And so today we use the word spruce. I'm going to spruce up my bedroom. I'm going to make it look better. Uh, I'm going to spruce up my clothes. I need a new wardrobe. So this word spruce came from Poland to to mean literally from Prussia. And we use it nowadays in many different contexts. It's one of my favorite words. It is a a good word. Well, it's a good word in general, I think. Because, uh, like you said, it's got that thing, like you said, to like spruce up. It's just, it just, it's a nice sound. Totally. As well, um, yeah. it's, it is just um, a, a nice sounding word. There are some words which they just sound nice. Um, totally. I I often say my favourite word in English is smooch because smooch. of the mean, you know, like to it means to kiss someone. But even just the the the, the sound, it's just it just. I don't know. It's just got something about it. Where I think yeah. that, that's a bloody good word. And it describes the sound describes what you're doing. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, I do like that word. That's that's a that's a particularly good one. Uh, that, that, that's a good word. Um, and um, another um, title which grabbed me um, was English grammar is wrong. Now, now tell us something about this, because obviously there are many things which don't make sense. But what do you mean that English grammar is wrong? So, again, we, we go back to the, the Hundred Years' War, which is in the, the, the 13th, 14th centuries in England. And before that, French was the language of government. French was the language of politics. Um, and even in universities, uh, academia is French or Latin. After the Hundred Years' War, now everyone's speaking English. But English was seen as a language of the field, of the countryside, of the peasants. Mm. It was not a sophisticated language. Uh, And so they decided, right, we need a grammar for this language. And so the clerics and the the, 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 the professors in universities, they sat down and decided to write, we need to write a grammar. They all came from a Latin French background. And so what they did was they superimposed Latin grammar onto English. 
Latin, nice. Latin and Greek were seen as the ultimate in languages. They were logical and everything was mm. measured against Latin. And so they took the Latin grammar, put it onto English. The problem is English is not a Latin language. English is a Germanic language. And so there's lots of names for things that we have in English that uh, the, the, the grammatical names, they just don't make sense because they don't really describe how English works. Uh, we need a whole, just things like the past participle. What does that mean for English? It, it doesn't help. It doesn't talk about the past. Uh, the past participle can be used to talk about many things. Uh, of course. But also the grammar names, the, the, the verb tenses, the past tense. We use it to talk about the past, but we can also use it to talk about the future. Uh, we can use it to talk about many things. We can use the present continuous to talk about the future. The, I am visiting my parents next week. That's the present of continuous. Course. But we're using it to talk about the future. So we need a whole, I think, we need a whole. And there are different ways of describing grammar. But the one that we have is just so traditional it's very difficult to break it yeah right wow yeah and yeah exactly that once when i have like beginner students and you know you do the present continuous like in this moment i am talking to you and then when you start telling them that you can use that for the future their minds are just yeah bent yeah. they're like what the fuck is this yeah so we should call it something different there should be a different name for it uh yeah uh, and there are there are some good books out there. Uh, I'm trying to remember them now. I, I can tell you later. Uh, there are some good books which describe the grammar the way it's really used and not oh, right. the way some Latin academics wanted it to be used. Yeah. Uh, it's a difference between prescribing how it should be used and describing how it is used. Right. OK. Yeah. And the thing you mentioned about Latin, so many English words I have now learned through my knowledge of Italian right because there are so many words like those Latin words that yeah are kind of seen in English as like if you use them you're kind of like a sophisticated kind of person yeah um, which we don't really use so much um, I remember for example even this quite a few years ago seeing the word lament which means to complain obviously okay. and I was like oh right so that must mean complain because that's what it means in Italian yeah um, yeah and yeah, uh, so, so many of these that I've I have found. A, some of my Brazilian students, especially the more advanced ones, they have a problem because they use all these Latinate words and they yeah. do sound overly formal. Uh, yeah. Brazilians are not normally overly formal, but when they, <laughs> they, when they use a Latinate word instead of an Anglo-Saxon word, uh, that they, they do sometimes sound a little bit too officious sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, I have exactly the same thing. Um, and so another place where language comes from, from apparently is the Bible. Um, as you said, most people probably haven't read the Bible. I've read a bit of it from my time at school where they made us read the Bible every Tuesday in a reflection time, it used to be called. Even then, I kind of was just looking at the pages without reading it. Um, <laughs> but so t tell us what language comes from the Bible then, just well, obviously just a little bit. Uh, well, there's, there's an incredible amount of language which uh, was originally written in the Bible. Uh, we don't. It's not that it was created by the writers of the Bible, but it is the first time that we have it written down uh, is mm. in the Bible. Uh, and the first thing to say is that there was a lot of uh, uh, 
a lot of people didn't want the Bible to be written in English uh, for various reasons, because it would give people that the priests at the time were the, the gatekeepers and they could control what was going on if right, the Bible was written in Latin. Uh, but also people who were writing the Bible maybe had a different interpretation. Uh, mm. And we can see later that you get the Reformation in, in the church because of this part of it. That, that's a big job. People have asked me to translate some things before from italian to english but translating the bible that's a big job isn't it like i totally. would be like this is this is quite a lot of pressure to well, the, uh, translate was, this the uh, the official bible the official translation was done by a committee of different people uh right but it, it drew heavily on one person wycliffe who did it about a hundred years before but that was unofficial and the books were burned there's only a couple of a few copies remaining and he mm. was uh uh, uh not ostracized, not kicked out of the community completely, but he was uh, separated from the rest of the society. Right. So uh, the official one was by by a committee. Uh, they had lots of people uh, doing little different parts. But we get there's uh, things like a broken heart. This comes from the Bible. The first time we see it is in the Bible. By the skin of your teeth. Oh, uh, or it's when somebody bites the dust. Uh, eat, right. drink and be merry. <laughs> Uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Pride comes before a fall. Uh, man does not live on bread alone. It's not that they are individual words, but it's more phrases. And right. anybody who speaks English, uh, who grew up in Britain or the United States, they will be using a lot of biblical terms, a lot of biblical phrases, even if they've never opened the Bible, never been of into course. a church, because they have entered into the English language. Yeah, right. Wow. I think as well, the uh, Freddie Mercury and the band Queen have to thank Absolutely. the Bible for another one yeah. bites the dust. Yeah, a whole song <laughs> just from the Bible almost. <laughs> uh, and an another person who uh, who owes the Bible a lot is you too. Uh, if you go to things, songs like uh, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, it's right. full of biblical language. There's lots right, okay. of language in there that comes straight out of the Bible. Right. Also, great song to um, help with the present perfect as well. Oh, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> lots going on in that song. Uh, and another like very international word is OK. Um, but I was actually, I must admit, quite surprised when I went to Italy and they used that. I was a bit like, oh, that's it. Because my knowledge of foreign languages when I moved to Italy, I think, was below zero. Um and I was quite surprised. So um, where, where does that come from then? That comes from the northeast of the United States. And it was right. a joke. It was an in-joke amongst a small group of educated young Americans in about the 1860s, I think. Uh, and they just used it as a joke. They had lots of words that they changed the pronunciation. And that was one of them. And it just caught on and i think it caught on it became popular because it's so easy okay the, there's just two sounds two syllables and it's just it's not just italy it's the whole world yeah. uses something very similar to okay uh wow i mean yeah that that really has spread then i've got a few stupid words i use with my friends but yeah none of them have caught on um, yeah. as you say so that means obviously to become very popular um okay so the last one i suppose to finish um before we say goodbye is hello and goodbye um where do these come from and i just must also say this is in italian they have 
um, ciao to say both. I mean, there yeah. are other ways to say hello and goodbye, but like in an informal context, that's the most common one. So I have had many students in the past get these confused and it's the strangest thing. Like when you're leaving and then they're waving to you, they want to say goodbye, but they're actually saying hello. And and then at that point as well, it's always like, well, I, I want to go now. So I don't know. And, and I often never corrected it. So sometimes I think right. many people never actually learned because I was like, right, well, I do need to go. I, don't, I haven't really got time now to explain the difference. So I would find myself waving and then I would think I'll tell you at the beginning of next lesson and then I would forget again. And then at the end of the lesson again, they would say to me, hello. And I was like, oh God, I'll do it next lesson. And it was just in a repetitive cycle and they they never learned. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, where, where do these words come from? Uh, well, goodbye is again, uh, another religious word. Uh, it started, right. so it started as God be with ye. Ye ah. was an old word for God you. God be with ye. Right, yeah, so of course. So it became... God be with ye. They, over time, they 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 change the pronunciation right. again. God be with ye. God be ye, God be good. And then God became good, uh, and so it became goodbye over time. Right. It just took a long time, and each stage there was a little change, a little change, yeah. a little change, and eventually it became a, a goodbye. Right, and uh, I notice as well. Even good seems to be going, doesn't it? Be lots of people just now just say bye. Bye so bye. In a yeah, few hundred absolutely. years, the good will be gone. Um, uh, I, I notice yeah. this as well, especially moving back to England. How you know when people say good morning, the good is going now. People just yeah. say morning, and I just kind of think, well, I know it's the morning. Are you just telling me it's the morning? Yeah. Like you, you just morning. see someone they say morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm e- like, yeah, I know it's the morning. Yeah, evening. Uh, yeah. Good evening. Yeah. It's just like uh, describing things. I could like if I just come up to you and just say like I don't know like uh, bottle. It's like if I've got a bottle in my hand, it doesn't make any sense. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so hello is a little bit different. Hello uh, wasn't really common until recently. Uh, right. We used to have other words to say hello. We used to say hail. Uh, we we still have this oh, idea wow. of hail Caesar. Uh, and hail is associated with like health, uh, uh, so good health to you and stuff like this. Right. Uh, and another word that we used was holler, uh, holler. Uh, which uh, <laughs> so. But in the eighteen hundreds, uh, the late eighteen hundreds, hello became more common. It had existed, but it, it wasn't really uh, uh, as a way to say hello. It was. And we still have this idea in in Britain today. It's more like a surprise, sort of slow. Well, hello, what do we have here? Uh, yeah. uh, and that was the original meaning, uh, to, to, to greet something in a surprised way. Uh, but then with the, the telephone, uh, when, when people started using the telephone, we needed a way to, a standard way to, to greet on the telephone. So Alexander Graham Bell one of the people who maybe in, uh, invented the telephone, he wanted to use Ahoy, which we still use for ships. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I might it? start saying yeah. that would be great. Yeah, Ahoy. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, people just started to say hello on the telephone. Uh, I don't yeah. know if people were surprised when they started using the telephone, uh, but that just became the standard way of answering the telephone. And then it just spread from the telephone into general use. 
Right. Okay. Wow. Um, again, yeah, with Italian, they say um, pronto, which means ready. And I okay. always found that quite funny because I, I kind of like interpreted that like I'm ready for a conversation. Like as you yeah. answer the phone, just pick up. I'm ready. Like, okay, uh, good. Traditionally, they you know. tra- traditionally they said the same thing in Brazil. It's they don't use it anymore. It's you you hear it occasionally, but traditionally right. it was pronto when you were when you answered the phone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, this has been a real education, but obviously we've only just touched on um, like many of the things you cover in your podcast. Obviously, you have many other interesting episodes as well. So um, tell us where we can find out more about you. Okay. So my my website is English with Stephen, but uh, I spell Stephen S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Uh, that was my dad's idea, not my idea. Uh, that confuses everybody. So it's EnglishWithSteven.com. Uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram, English with Stephen, uh, Facebook, English with Stephen, Twitter, I think is English with Steve. But if you do English with Stephen for any of those, you, you're normally able to find me very easily. Yeah. Well, I'll put uh, links to all of this in the show notes anyway. Um, So, well, thanks a lot for your time, Stephen, and keep making great content and we'll hopefully see you soon. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, been great talking to you. No problem at all. Okay, take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, so that was me talking to Stephen from... English with Stephen and as I said it was bloody interesting wasn't it because he actually told us those things in a non-boring way so I hope you enjoyed the podcast remember to check Stephen out all of the links to his stuff will be in the show notes which is rockandrollenglish.com slash episode 261 remember to buy the ebook if you've got to this point in the podcast and you still haven't bought it shame on you okay I will talk to you all again very soon. But in the meantime, just keep on rocking, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.